Hey everyone, welcome to Any Other Business. This episode is a cracker because you may have not known this, but Rob D is a digital nomad. He was a pretty full-on digital nomad as well. So you're going to learn how to get started, what businesses work best when you're being a digital nomad, and what tech you need to be considering to get going. So Rob, at the moment, clearly, a lot of people are working remotely. Um, that's something that we've done in our business for a while. I've historically stretched working remotely. And well, if you're working from home, doesn't matter where home is and kind of use that as an excuse to travel around while running the business. And that is something that I've had a lot of questions about over the years. And I thought it might be a good topic for an episode if we get into it now. And it's like if people do want to travel while running the business, can you do it? How do you do it? Should you do it? Yeah, I'm interested to see what this life is really like, Rob, because on Instagram, it looks like you are on a beach, possibly in a hammock, with a laptop, pina colada at the side, and that's how you run your business, and possibly only in a few hours a day. That's how the uh, picture is painted anyway on Instagram. We'll see what the reality is. But you have done it. You have been a digital nomad. But do you want to update everyone on your digital nomad status at the moment? COVID aside, things were changing for you in life. Yeah, it been slowing down. So I was probably spending about nine months of the year away. And at peak, I was probably moving location every couple of weeks. And then sort of gradually slowed it down to spending a couple of months in each place and maybe 50-50 between being in the UK and being abroad. But from having a family and the business progressing and other things, I kind of naturally slowed it down anyways, probably only away for the third of the year or so and doing longer trips so i had been slowing down before everything came to an absolute dead stop so i've kind of been through every different variety of it really from like moving all the time and quite quickly and going all over the place to just taking what you could call just extended trips so there are lots of different ways of making it work how did you get started because when you started it wasn't as big of a thing as it is now you know you do see it on social media and people mm. do paint this picture of something for it to aspire to and you can understand why but how did you get going how did your digital nomad journey begin mm. we started because my wife and i went to live in new york for six months and um, we just did it because she loved new york and i was having a break between different things thought, well let's go and just live somewhere different didn't really know there was a name for it and we, the plan was go there for six months then come back to england again and just live in one place as you do wouldn't think to do anything different but while we were there sort of started don't even know how came across people who were sort of traveling around and the tropical mba podcast as it was then which we have talked about before we both know it those guys were doing it and i just i really clearly remember having this insight of just like oh we don't have to just go back like there's no reason there's nothing that's making us do that apart from like seeing family and things like that so I thought, well let's do it so we did come home and then sort of stayed for about a month while we we're planning our next trip and then went off to thailand and then didn't come back for quite a while but it was just that really weird realization of oh yeah this is something you can do and it's all, almost like even though it's obvious that you can do it knowing that someone else has done it and even knowing that there's a name for it even if it's a stupid name because digital name still sounds stupid it just it helps kind of make you go oh yeah this is something that i could do so how do you get started so you you, you need a laptop maybe mm -hmm. well maybe you don't I mean, what do you do for me it was just uh, well i've already got my laptop and got some clothes and that's kind of it and don't really know need a lot more than that i mean at that time it was very early in sort of 
trying to get a business started we hadn't started what we were doing at that point so it's not like I had any business considerations to think about it was just the practicalities and the practicalities were so easy and like for years we just had like carry on and nothing else because well if you've got like a laptop and a week's worth of clothes and I wash my clothes every week so I don't need any more than that because I'm going away for longer and that's kind of it. So can you do this from anywhere? And does it always have to be abroad as well? What are the, what are the restrictions or is the, are there no restrictions? I think there are practical restrictions, but not as many as there used to be. So like when I started, like connectivity was way more of a thing. Like you couldn't, um, like it cost a lot more to use your phone abroad and you, and like you couldn't tether as easily. Like I don't think there was even 4G. So it was like you were far more reliant on going somewhere that had decent Wi-Fi. So we spent time in Thailand, but there are parts of Thailand, like the islands and everything else, which just couldn't work from because the internet's useless and it goes down. Did you try time. or? Um, no, didn't even try because okay. I, I knew people who who had and they were just like, no, it doesn't work. So you kind of do. So I knew a lot of people who would be based in Bangkok or whatever and then go on holiday when they didn't need to work to somewhere else. But you just couldn't do it. But now that's there's practically anywhere you can actually make it work logistically time zones you can't really work around time zones so it depends on what you're doing if you're doing the kind of business so if you're doing something online where you don't really have a team and it doesn't really matter what hours you're working then of course you can just work local hours and that's fine but if you're if you've got a business where you're working with clients or a team back in the UK then it's a bit different so there are the, the, it can work in one direction but not the other so when we're sort of out east where you're ahead that's really nice because you can get up in the morning everyone else is still asleep back home so you can sort of do your thing about lunchtime everyone else starts waking up and things come to life and that was great in the US not so good so when we were doing the podcast because we we record at seven o'clock on a Monday morning and it's I didn't think it was fair to make you get up at a different time <laughs> just because I'd moved. Yeah, you get to move and live in another country and make me do it in the middle of the night. Yeah. No, that's not fair. No, I didn't think so. So I'd rather, I'd, I decided not to raise that. And instead, I'd just get up at like one or two in the morning and do the podcast. And then we had sort of meetings scheduled after that. Again, couldn't make those people move those calls. So I'd do calls like two till seven and then go back to bed again, which was not the best. And... Is it sustainable? Because people will look at it in their wild, glamorous lifestyle, but you've said if you've got a team, you have to make compromises. It, is that lifestyle sustainable? Can you live in those areas where the time zone is against you? How Do you think you could have carried on for a long period of time, or was it just, okay, this is a sacrifice I need to make to enjoy this area for a while, but this is clearly a short-term thing? Yeah, for me, I don't think it could have been a long-term thing. It was just too inconvenient and it would have become increasingly inconvenient for other people as well if they were like waiting for a reply from me and I wasn't around or something. But for a period of time, it was okay. And I think, again, it depends on the type of business as well. Would you do it again, an area with an unfavorable time zone? Not for too long. <laughs> I've, uh, I increasingly like my sleep. And so I don't know if I'd do it for a long time, but for a bit, yeah. So tech-wise, we touched on a laptop or you could have an iPad or, or whatever. Tech-wise... People nowadays, because we've had COVID and lockdown and people are used to working remotely, people understand the majority of tech you need. Is there anything else that you would consider useful when you're working abroad? I mean, 
besides tech, I suppose carrying around four suitcases full of all your clothes isn't ideal as well. So how do you, tech and beyond, manage the the equipment you go with? Mm. I've always had quite a minimalist setup. And so for years, I like deliberately didn't have like a, a, an external monitor. I just had my laptop because I could have had one at home, but then I knew I'd miss it when I went away and I didn't feel like lugging one around. I knew I know people who do. Like I know people who will literally like put have take around a suitcase with a, a monitor in it and like pillows packed either side mm-hmm. or whatever to stop it from breaking. But it's like oh, I just can't be doing with all that. So all I ever travelled was with with was a a laptop, uh, a microphone, and like a boom stand like this, which is a weird thing to you that when you're going through the X-ray machines, you often get pulled over for secondary questioning with that <laughs> one. But um, but didn't really need that much stuff and clothes wise again fashionable guy though i am I just, I was just like you know a few black t-shirts and that's kind of it property and fashion they're kind of what you're known for exactly yeah <laughs> but but yeah so i didn't really need too too much stuff and then doing it with a family is a whole other thing then you suddenly need a lot of stuff but that's not related to work like yeah let's keep it on work a second because the family i think is interesting but work-wise can you do this with any business because you found a way to do it when we had a small team and a podcast together. But you were rarely in the country. I was kind of the the UK guy and you were you were offering lots of value from afar. But was there any point where you felt, right, I've got to come back now? Do you think a business can grow to a point where being a digital nomad isn't sustainable? Or do you think there are certain businesses that can scale and you can absolutely carry on and there's no compromise? I think a lot more businesses can make it work than people might think so and i think it's changed as well because when i started doing this it was very much a presumption in general in the world of in person is better so if you just take an example like people would always say because we're in property like can you recommend a mortgage broker in swindon yeah and and uh, well no but do you need to go and see them in person but then over but no one asks that anymore it's always just can you recommend a mortgage broker yeah it's true and so people have got over that which means that if you are that mortgage broker or whatever you can be wherever you want and then if you wanted to build up a small team to be processing paperwork or helping you out or whatever then they could be wherever as well and so you could grow a fairly sizable business without needing to be anywhere in particular but then i think with what we do because we're sort of, we've got quite a lot on the go we're trying to start new things there's a bigger team so you kind of want to be sort of having some time in person with the team when you can but then also lots of external things like relationship building to do i think that makes it a lot harder so before and it's kind of i had an easy ride because you were able to do some of the in-person stuff anyway but now i think it would be more difficult to go away for say six months so I have before COVID, the most recent the trip I did just before that was I think two months. And that was okay because there is always close enough that you could say, Oh yeah, let's meet up. Can we do it after this date? Yeah. Yeah. And that was fine. So yeah, a couple the of months. Two months, months no didn't problem. feel like a challenge at all. It just felt that you weren't around for a little bit. But I never felt there was any point that, oh, Rob's here, not here, that's not ideal, that's mm. not gonna work. Because We've done much longer periods before that two months just felt like nothing, really. Yeah. You, you could probably push, push I'm not trying to get rid of you, <laughs> but you could probably push it slightly beyond that as well. But yeah, there is probably a tipping point now with the size of business we are that I don't know if it is six months, six months might be too much, but I feel that 
because people are far more accepting because of COVID and lockdown of online meetings that, yes, I do believe in-person meetings are vital at certain points of a, a relationship, particularly if you're working with uh, someone for the first time. I think it's really powerful to meet face-to-face. Yeah. But if you've got that relationship, whether you see them in person or on a, a Zoom or Teams call, it might be nicer, but not essential. Far from it. And actually, now it's it's very, you know, much the norm. And moving forward, I think it'd be very much the norm. So, do you think more people will become digital nomads now, off the back of what we've experienced recently? I think it's possible. Even even before COVID, that that last trip I did, we I was speaking to a lot of people for the first time, like talking to a lot of lawyers and things like that. I hadn't done anything wrong. So, <laughs> say, say something up. Um, and whereas, like a few years previously, I would I'd either not not say where I was, or if I did, they'd be like, oh. What? But then on that most recent trip, when I told them, I was like, oh, that's great. Oh, where are you? Oh, brilliant. I've been thinking about doing that. Mm. They're so much more accepting of it. So I think that something is something happened to kind of get everyone closer to that point. And so now people have realized that they can work away from the office for an extended period of time. And actually, yeah, I think it's going to become a lot more common. People are going to be trying it out because people are going to be really keen to get back traveling again. And so, oh, well. It's the same same thing that I had all those years ago. It's like, well, working from home doesn't matter where home is. You can do it anywhere. So let's get to the reality of working ab- abroad. What is it like? And how do you do it? Because if you're near a beach, I know me, I'd be tempted to be on the seafront sipping a cold beer at not too late point in the afternoon. <laughs> so, of course, I, I know you weren't doing that because you sounded coherent. So how did you manage that how did you manage the temptations of the new exciting area that you're in to be disciplined to do the work but then at some point making sure that you do get to take advantage of the area that you're in you know not going too far the other way as well is that balance so how do you manage that how do you make sure that you actually end up doing work but don't spend all your time doing work Mm, is is something you have to be careful of in both directions and you're always going to be naturally more one way or the other and then you have to kind of know that and then work against it so my inclination is always to to work more and so I'd be inclined to do that and then realize that oh I've just spent all day sitting in a house I could have done that anywhere what's the point do you feel like you need to prove it more like you need to did you ever feel like oh I'm away so people might have doubts here so I'm going to work harder so no one can question it did I ever cross your mind even just a little bit good question um yeah I think so and not so much being being present at every single working hour of the day if the time zones didn't didn't like but definitely wanted to show that it wasn't making a difference wanted to to show it wasn't letting anyone down or putting them at a disadvantage because it can feel a bit selfish and so wanted to yeah kind of prove that point but that is my natural inclination anyway so i'd have to kind of be a bit disciplined to make sure i actually got out and did things but it's quite nice because if you go okay well i'll finish at five o'clock and then i can go and go to a really nice bar or explore somewhere new that i've never done before or do whatever or i'll take a proper lunch break and go out and see something and it's nice because you've got the motivation to do that because it's you're somewhere new and somewhere quite nice whereas at home i'll often work late or work through lunch or whatever just because well what else is there to do yeah. especially at the moment so i think it's healthy but then i also know other people who 
have to really drag themselves to the laptop because they just want to be doing or off, off doing all this stuff. But self-awareness, I think you just have to, to, to know what you're going to try and naturally do and push yourself against it. So what advice could you give to someone who wants to experience this for themselves? It sounds very glamorous. So if they're a bricklayer, it's going to be a bit challenging. So how can people get involved? How can they make this lifestyle jump? Yeah, but this is in the context of like running your own business. Obviously, if you're an employee and your boss says, no, you can't do that, that's not going to work. But if you're just talking about running a business, then yes, there are some kind of businesses where it's just not going to work. Like if you're a mechanic and it's you that's working on the cars, probably people probably aren't going to ship the cars out to you and wherever. So you can still make it work, but only if it's not you that's actually doing the bit where you have to be there in person. So I know someone who runs a, a cleaning agency for um, short-term accommodation and he could be anywhere and he's got teams of people locally who come in and do it and he just organises the whole thing. If he's going and cleaning the places himself, obviously it wouldn't work. So I think you do have to, it, it, can, it can work for any industry but you just need to kind of separate yourself out from actually doing the work. It's more like overseeing the work is fine or managing the work, but just not doing it if there is an in-person component. When it comes to getting started, it's easier if you bake it in from the start, which is what I did. Um, if it's something that you, if it's a shift that you want to make, that does make it more difficult. But the way to do that is probably just start small and just go away for a couple of weeks within the same country yeah and just see if it works for you you might not like it and you, you'll find things that work and you find things that don't work and you can sort of figure out the things that don't before you're on the other side of the world and go oh dear <laughs> <laughs> so what's what's the best things about being a digital nomad what did you appreciate the most i think for me there was the doing it was great but the knowing that you can do it is also great so for me, I've said it on this show before, like business is all about having personal freedom. And even if you don't have freedom on a day-to-day -day level, it doesn't mean you can just get out of bed whenever you want and do whatever you want. The days are quite structured. Just having control over your life is great. And so just being able to do it is really cool. But beyond that, I think the best bit is just exploring, exploring new things and having constant change, even if it's low-level change. So, but I was based in cities, a lot of the time so it wasn't out trekking through the jungle or anything like that that would be quite inconvenient for work anyway um so it was like just like normal city life but different so we just like even going to the supermarket was different and just like trying to get through the day and just like no notice the little things that are different it's like like just life becomes slightly different all the time it stops you getting used to how things are and taking it for granted so whatever your situation is, you always take it for granted quite quickly. And so you go, oh, I really like this about, about this place. And I'll leave it when I start getting used to it and go, oh, now I like this other yeah. thing about this other place. And so that's really cool. Donald Miller, a really cool author, someone I really like, he, he talks about living an interesting life. And one of the things he talks about is having different backgrounds, different scenes. And he said the most interesting films, movies, or TV series you watch have constantly changing scenes it's very rare to watch a film and they'll stay in the same place you look at action movies they're going around the globe because it makes a, a more interesting story and you said the same applies to your life yeah so if you're living in different areas even though it is another supermarket 
it's another supermarket I've never been to before, mm-hmm. a different layout. You know, I get excited if I go to the, the supermarket in a different town. Like, that's <laughs> like, wow, okay, look at the layout here. So doing it in a different country where the food's different and everything else and the whole experience. Mm-hmm. I know we're talking a lot about supermarkets here, <laughs> but the, I think the point stands is that one of the big benefits I can see is living a more memorable life because it's not the same every day and i think a lot of people now are questioning things in their life after the last year that we've all lived through where our environment has been very difficult to change and at times you know that's been tough for people Mm. and i think now there's this appreciation of possibly finding different scenes in life to live because it makes for a more interesting life yeah completely agree and the happy side effect of that is you can always I can always remember exactly when things happened because you always encode memories like based on like what you can see around you. Like everyone can remember yeah. where they were when so-and-so died or whatever. So whenever we're talking about something that's happened in the past, I know when it happened because it's like, oh yeah, I remember being in Amsterdam at the time or whatever it was. And so that's quite nice. I think you do, you remember more of your life. And also, I've only just thought of this as a benefit, but time passes more slowly. Yeah. Because when, when something's new, your it's like your brain is processing more so time slows down so a year seems to just go on forever whereas the last year's gone by quite quickly and how many people have you, have you heard over the last year go oh it's it feels you know a bit of the same or but time's blurred like i don't even know what day of the week yeah. it is i mean before we started recording i got the day wrong yeah. like because the environment that we're living in is the same so it's hard to actually to peg to time stamp against what's actually happening That's because it. it's the same the same the same i'm not trying to depress everyone but hopefully it's to inspire people to acknowledge why that's happening so they can go okay you know let's change my environments up a bit and not everyone needs to become a digital nomad but just something i've done going off topic a little bit is with holidays i've tried booking new places mm-hmm. i got into the habit of going to the same places because i'd had a good time and i was like no wait there this is not good this is not healthy so going to different places even going to a different center park so like, it's just <laughs> just mixing it up a little bit yeah. to to have new experiences new environments definitely and being uh, i was doing the same thing like, i think when people sort of hear that you travel all the time it must seem like ticking off every country but we just started going back to the same places because we like them and we sh- probably should have pushed ourselves more to go outside that but then even then when we were going back to a city we weren't staying in the same place yeah. we we're staying in a different airbnb so it's still a little bit different you're checking out a new area of that city or whatever so it can't all be good there's going to be challenges like in anything you do in life so what are the challenges around being a digital nomad mostly wi-fi related um, <laughs> <laughs> the not again not so much an issue now but wi-fi was a problem when it just wasn't as reliable and i was staying and i've i've got i've got a real problem with prague because when, when i was in, in prague i was only there for a month seems like longer just for so, like a lot of things were going wrong at the time and, and it was very difficult and yeah i've got bad associations with prague which is very unfair on the place but we were staying in a place where the wi-fi even like in the place we were staying was really erratic and it just would just randomly not work for long periods of time and this was the time because i can remember what's happening when we were starting our letting agency because we record the podcast in advance we, we recorded something saying oh yeah and on thursday or whatever we'll be telling you all about it and the website will be up and everything and i was trying to get the website ready in a place that didn't have very reliable wi-fi so i ended up like the only place it would work was like down at the bottom of the stairs in the garden and so i spent like a large part of one night 
out sort of like sitting on the patio <laughs> freezing cold trying to get trying to get this website up for some reason the owner of the place also had a parrot that was down there so this parrot was screeching at me while I was trying to do it it's very surreal but it was just like that like this is not living the dream this is one of those real like where's my hammock this is not yeah, how it's meant to be say, kind that's of not the hammock on the beach setting no. up most people think it is no so there's always wi-fi trauma and and then just generally it's like everything's slightly harder so like in business there's always challenges we talked about that before but then if you're abroad and especially if you don't speak the language very well there's like just everything's harder just like trying to get your groceries is a bit harder trying to order food is harder something will break like the heating will stop working and you have to try and somehow get it sorted and so you can have days where it's just like all that is being difficult as well as having business challenges it's just like I'd just like everything to be a bit easier, please. <laughs> I don't think many people's violins are out for you right now, no. though. Really. <laughs> so you've got family now. Mm -hmm. um, so you've got a young son. How does that impact things? Makes it harder. <laughs> um, it means taking a lot more stuff. And I think it very much depends on what your kid or your kids are like, because some are more routine-driven than others, and people are into different things. Um, I've found it just the whole the whole kind of like background everything being quite hard is like that ramps up quite a lot because it's you you've got to get childcare sorted and you don't know if he's going to be happy and trying to get him used to a different environment so all that kind of stuff gets gets harder so that's why we're sort of naturally gravitating towards longer trips so it's like if we're going to go to all the effort of logging all this stuff around and making all the arrangements and everything we want to be there for at least a couple of months otherwise it's just not worth it so that's why we sort of slowed the pace and that was that was working quite well but it totally depends i think because i know people who have had kids and then just stopped and it doesn't work for them anymore and that's fine but i also know people who travel around far more frequently than we did i know someone who's got five kids five kids and they're like traveling non-stop probably moving every month or so the five kids part impressed me yeah never mind the traveling <laughs> exactly so, so i just don't i just don't know how you do that but um and they're they're running a business and so wow. it can be done so i think it just it just depends and like anything anything can work for anyone it's just kind of figuring it out i suppose so rob what's next on your digital nomad journey is it going to carry on i think so when, well, when can you book it in the calendar <laughs> <laughs> yeah when we can that would be very nice to have the opportunity to uh, i think going back to doing what we were before just doing like a couple of months away definitely january and february away whatever happens yeah. this is the first time in a long time that i've been around in jan and feb and no, well, <laughs> no. it's reminded you why you go away exactly yeah um so, so doing that and and i think probably for a lot of the time doing it on easy mode so going to places where I sort of vaguely speak the language, where it's not too far away, um, so you can come back, the time zone's not too difficult and things like that. So because I spent a lot of time in Spain and there, even if there's like business stuff that needs to be done, it's so easy to pop back. Yeah. Just come back for a day or two. I've done that quite a lot and it's always been fine. Well, the difference between going to London to Manchester time-wise and cost, it's probably, cheap. no dip, no, probably cheaper, cheaper yeah. and just as fast. Yeah, it basically is. So... I think more of that really and uh, going and doing the the further afield stuff is really nice and um, sure probably when the family's a bit older I probably do that again but I'm just it's just nice having just just go back to having the ability to do it even if it is just even if it was just January and February away that'd be it just it, that would be one of those things for me where it's like yeah even though I'm 
not traveling most of the time, I can, I could, and I can do it when I really want to. And that's really nice. So what's your final words of wisdom to anyone who's been considering this but hasn't taken that leap yet? So maybe they're in a position that they, they could start a business or they've got enough run, runway cash in the bank to experience it for a little while while they try and figure out what business to run. What advice would you give to that person who's watching this or listening to this now? I think it's the same as almost anything else, which is like there are obstacles. There always are with anything, but most of it is in your own head. Like it's it's a lot easier than you think it is. And that goes for most things in life. So I think it goes back to what I said, I said earlier. We've just, just sort of find a way of trying it out. You don't have to have this moment where you go, I'm a digital nomad now and I'm never coming home again. You could, you could do that. But you don't have to. So you could you can just go, okay, well, I'm going to go somewhere. It could even be in the same country. Just do it for a month and see what happens. The nice thing about if you're starting a business is you, if you want more runway, you can go and live in a cheaper part of the world. And I know a lot of people who've done that. So you can extend your runway by, by doing that. But but you don't have to. I think just go and go and do it where the stakes are low, where it's reversible, and find out, what the obstacles really are not just the ones that you perceive and see if you like it or not cheers rob i enjoyed that it's like just going down the, the coffee shop or the pub and having a chat but because it it's so interesting i'm sure loads of people are going to benefit from that next week we're shifting gears we're going to probably annoy quite a few people and possibly some famous people if they watch or listen because we're going to tell everyone that their business heroes are failures musk a failure Bezos, a failure, and others. Most people celebrate and worship these people, but we're going to critique them. So make sure you subscribe because you don't want to miss that one. And make sure you share the podcast as well. Let other people know about it. We'll be back same time, same place next week. Mm-hmm.